and power. Here's something you've written in a report just this year. Tenants are experiencing poverty, anxiety, debt and health problems. Food banks are becoming essential. Tenants and landlords expect evictions to rise. Tenants are choosing between heating and eating. Now this is not the 1960s, this is not Rachman, this is now, 2014. How, how has this happened today? Basically, we have a really unequal society that's becoming more unequal. We've had a huge financial recession and international turbulence that's created havoc in the economic situation. Lots and lots of people who were in very low paid or marginal work lost their jobs. And lots of other people who tried to get on the job level, young people, um, mothers, you know, after their children get a bit older or whatever, just found it impossible over the last few years. And that's coupled with rising fuel prices and rising food prices and rising rents. So obviously the people that are on very marginal incomes and are either dependent on the state or work but need state supplement to make their wages up just can no longer make ends meet. I mean, simply can no longer make ends meet. And that's today. And yes. That is today. And any extra charge on top of that, such as the bedroom tax, is the straw that breaks the camel's back. Part of you, though, does seem to find parts of what is happening appealing. For example, you've written about how alienating bureaucracy is and how big government drilled down in an unthinking way into housing estates and so on can do damage. That sounds like a route into believing in, for example, privatisation. No, that is very, very different. Well, I mean, why? Because not every block can have an academic to look after them. If you well, I'm not at all worried about, for example, the growth in private renting. What I am worried about is how private renting is actually, actually regulated in the same way that other types of housing, including unoccupied housing, are regulated, where you know certain basic standards have to be maintained. But not let people own the things as the clearest, most direct way to give them control over their own no, lives. No, I'm not at all against ownership. I never have been against ownership. So, uh, you know, the majority of the population owns. I think people becoming owners is fine. I think people owning and not occupying homes in a situation of shortage is actually a huge social penalty. And we should look at the way we tax that because you're taking a common space. Space is a common asset and you're using it for yeah. private purposes that are of no benefit even to, to your neighbours, yeah. let alone yourself. What about the big society? You seem to half like it and half hate it. Do you think <laughs> the government was having us all on, pretending it wanted to, as it were, famously hug the occasional hoodie? Or do you think there was something in it? I think they thought there was something in it, and if they'd have listened to me, there would have been something in it. Uh, but what they did was kind of think that, you know, Sunday lunches with your neighbours were where it was all at. And they just assumed that there would be lots of people flocking to take over libraries, to take mm -hmm. over... And, and, and you could have told them it wouldn't wardens. happen. Well, I wouldn't have said it wouldn't happen. I would have said it'll happen a little bit if you help it a lot. But then they're entitled to It was to the say, helping it a lot that wasn't there. They're entitled to say, every academic's knocking on the door saying, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. They have a country to run. Do you think sometimes there's a kind of arrogance in our academic world that we think we've got the right answers and that if government dropped everything and listened to us, they would do the right thing, but they might lose elections in doing the right thing? I, first of all, I don't go knocking at their doors and they wouldn't open if they, if, I did, but they do sometimes ask me 
And when they ask me, I try to be as open and direct as I can. But what I do think would be good if they did, particularly the government that we've got at the moment, is if they listen to the rank and file people. If you're not part of an important section of society, you know, you're a low-skilled worker, you're a low-paid worker, or you're not a worker, the bigger decision-makers don't really think those groups of people matter. They don't think they should just be killed off, but they don't think they matter very much. When you look at the kind of stats with which we started this, is history on your side, or do you feel you're fighting a perpetually losing battle? Because I bet when you started an academic life, you didn't expect stats like the ones we've reeled off at the start here to be the case today. Are you, as it were, on the right side of history, or are you a loser, a, a sort of a memory of a past brief moment after a war? You win some things and you lose some things. So council estates today, for all that they're vilified, are in much, much better condition than they were in 1980 when I first started working for the government on bad council estates. So, you know, some things you win. In 1980, we did not have literally a million households going to food banks yeah. all the time. And I don't think people go to food banks because it's there and it's free. I think they go because they're hungry. Because in our interviews, and we've done now about five surveys at the grassroots on this subject, people hate going to food banks. People will go to endless lengths not to go to food banks. It's the last, last resort. And Parth, thank you very much for subjecting yourself to the gear to grilling. <laughs> what a devil. <laughs>